So anyway, today the message is titled, A Hope Dealer. A Hope Dealer. I was just thinking about hope, and I thought, there's a lot of dope out there, and, and there's a lot of people struggling. There's a lot of dopey people out there, and, and we need some hopey people, if that's even a word, but uh, we need people to have hope, amen? And so you and I, we are hope dealers. Come on now. If somebody asks you, what do you do? I'm a dealer. I'm a dealer. You are? Yeah. I deal in hope. Cool. Tell me about that. Didn't you tell them about Jesus? Come on now. You got that guy that's going around going, hey, man, dude, what are you doing? Hey, I'm a dealer. Oh, dude, what do you have? Well, I got the best. I got the best. Oh, man, I want to buy. No, it's all free, man. Free. Oh, dude, dude. Yeah, I'm a hope dealer. Come on now. Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up. Some of you are still asleep. Oh, my gosh. All right. Hope is expectation that God will do what he said. That's what hope is. Expectation that God will do what he said. And hope is tied to faith and faith is tied to hope. It's important that we understand that. And Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy, all peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in you may abound in, turn to your neighbor and say, wake up. Come on now. It's a beautiful day. Men, your wife's going to massage your feet when you get home. Wake up a little bit here. Come on. We're to be hope dealers. I want you to turn with me. It's not on your outline. And, and I was just praying last night, and the Lord brought this to me and he showed me this, and he said, I want you to share about this. Turn to Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. I don't care who you are, what position you're in, what the world thinks about you, there is hope for you. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man. Everybody say, a man. There was a man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in that sycamore tree to see what he could see. And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come on down, because I'm going to your house today. Okay, anyway, used to sing that with the kids. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was a major IRS dealer. <laughs> How many of you want to invite the guy in charge of the IRS to your house? <laughs> okay, one of you. Courtney will. She'll cook him up something and give him some of that southern hospitality. He was a chief tax collector, and he was... He was, if you're rich, there's hope for you. You may have to climb up in a tree, but there is hope for you if you're rich. Somebody say amen. He was rich. I know Jesus says it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven. It's like trying to go through the eye of, but there is hope for everybody, no matter what you're doing. The problem with somebody that's rich they don't think they have a need. 
They can use their money to manipulate and to do things and to buy things and try to get what they want. God's like, no, 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 no. Zacchaeus, he's up in the tree. Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to go to your house. Oh, my goodness. And he was seeking to see Jesus, who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not see because he was small in stature. He had the little man problem. So he ran on ahead and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, man, I love this story. This rich outcast that everybody hated, they couldn't stand this guy because he was crooked, he was a cheat, he was rich, he was taxing them, taking their hard-earned money. Kind of sounds like politicians today, doesn't it? (laughs) And Jesus stops and he says, Zacchaeus, you talk about hope. You talk about a hope when every place you go and somebody dislikes you, they can't stand you, they're talking about you, they glare at you. This is what Zacchaeus walked through every day. I'm not saying he did the right thing. He was a crooked guy. But man... He had to be so condemned, and here's Jesus looking at him, and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine if you were walking outside today and Jesus was standing out there and everybody's walking by and he goes, Phil, you just had a birthday. I'm taking you home. No, 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 I'm just kidding, Phil. (laughs) Phil was like, what? And he said, he said, Phil, Anna yelled at you this morning. Mike was grumpy. Oh, my gosh. But you know what, Phil? You drive that bus all over town. People honk at you. They don't like you stopping, hitting your flasher. I'm coming with you today. I want to spend time with you. Oh, my goodness. There's hope because Jesus wants to come to your house. Oh, there's a message right there. He wants to come to your house. He wants to see if it's as bad as you say it is. If she's as bad or he's as bad or those kids are bad. Come on. He wants to come to your house. And I love that. I love that, for I must stay at your house today, verse 6. So he hurried and he came down. Oh, Zacchaeus, man, little guy, short man syndrome. I am the man. You hate me? Look who's coming to my house. Come on, brother Jesus. Come on, bro, just follow me. Can you imagine his wife? See, he'd heard about him, but he didn't know him. All we got to do is tell them about him. The Holy Spirit will take care of the drawing. We're to cast out the bait. Let the Holy Spirit bring them in. Come on now. And when the Holy Spirit brings, he cleans them up. I love that. He cleans them up. I love this story about Rich. You've heard me say it time again, but it just stands out to me all the time. Rich Wilkerson is 
You know, I used to love Rich Wilkerson's messages and stuff when he was an evangelist, and he is David Wilkerson's nephew, and, and uh, he talked about preaching that Sunday morning, and this guy came up about six foot two and, and gave his life to the Lord, but he was, he was dressed as a woman, tried to talk like a woman, and Rich was getting his stuff. He was coming back tonight, and everybody was about gone, and, and, and he walked up to Rich, and he said, I need help. What? Rich goes, I wasn't very nice. Even though he came forward, I wasn't very nice because I wanted to tell him what he should be doing. You got somebody in your family there, the judge, little Judge Judy in your family. They judge everybody in the family, and they tell everybody what's going on. And he said, I need a ride home, preacher. Rich is like, get in the car. He takes him home. And the Holy Spirit said, don't say a word about that. Don't say a word. He drops him off and he said, you don't need to be, he wanted to say, you don't need to dress like that. And he didn't say a word. The Holy Spirit, don't say a word. And that night at the service, because the guy said, I'll, I'll be there tonight. At the end, there was a smiling six foot two guy all dressed proper in a man's clothes. And he walked up to Rich and he said, Brother, how you doing? That was a good word tonight. And Rich is like, well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Well, you remember me. Uh, not really, but who, who are you? You took me home today. Oh, brother, praise the Lord. Give me a hug. You see, you let Jesus clean the fish up. Too many of you mom and dads are spending your whole life with your adult children trying to fix them. Come on, give it to Jesus. I could get Adam up here and let him give a testimony on that. Give, do, serve. You, you, you just got to at some point say, they're yours. They're yours. So anyway, verse 8, Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said, now, now listen, Jesus hasn't preached to him. He hasn't, he's just at his house having fellowship. Christians like fellowship. Food, fun, and fellowship. And Zacchaeus goes, man, I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. If I've robbed and cheated people, I'm going to give them fourfold back. And look what Jesus says. This is so good. Why are you telling us this, Owen? Because Zacchaeus found hope. He had all kinds of money, but he wasn't happy. He had all kinds of money, but he had no true friends because rich people don't trust nobody. Most of them. And there's a lot of people who don't trust rich people. Come on now. There's a lot of truth in that. But Jesus said to him, after Zacchaeus spills this out, what he's going to do, today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Some of you have lost hope. Lord, we pray right now for people listening to this, people watching. Jesus, you just give them hope today. 
When the world has set them aside and throw them away as a castaway, when they feel defrauded, beat up, set apart, isolated, let them see, Jesus, that you can show up at their house. You can show up in their car. You can show up on their walking their dogs or their kitty cats. They don't walk them, but anyway. Lord, but you can show up and speak to their hearts and give them the hope. We're believing that for all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 41.6 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Say that with me. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Come on now. If I'm walking through some stuff, and I walked through some stuff this week, God, this verse was for me. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help and trouble. Because I'm speaking on hope. I put this message together, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, my head starts banging. And I mean, it's throbbing. And for two and a half days, I was a little bit dizzy. And I took my blood pressure Friday. It was 195 over 123. That's what I thought. That stroke. And I'm like, Lord, what's going on here? I don't feel like I'm stressing over stuff. I mean, it's about to be my anniversary. She's put me through a lot, but I'm not thinking about that right now. No, I didn't do that. I thought about my daughter-in-law, Brooke. Oh, I got a story to tell you about her. But I'm going to hold off until if she's nice like she's been to me since I learned this story, I won't. She'll be very nice to everybody from now on. God is so good. My family hid the story for me. And they made a mistake, and I heard, uh, what? What'd she do? Oh, my gosh, is that ministry material. <laughs> but we're not going to do it. We're gonna, I'm going to see if God's made a deliverance and change. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews 6, 17 through 20. This is so good. I love this scripture. So when God, so when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose. That sounds good, doesn't it? I like that. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed with an oath so that two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie... So God's telling us, I'm going to give you my word, and there's promises that you can rely on, stand on, and believe in, and I'm going to give you my oath to tell you that this is true, in which it is impossible for God to lie. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Let me say that again. We who have fled for refuge, running to him, might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope. Everybody say, to the hope. To the hope that enters this 
as a sure and steadfast anchor. Paul could talk about ships because he's been on some ships. He's seen some ships break apart, sink. He's seen a lot. As a matter of fact, Paul's father-in-law built ships. So Paul understood ships, and he understood anchors. And when your anchor is put in Jesus, come on, church, there's hope. His word, his oath, and the anchor in Christ. Oh, my goodness, you can withstand the storms on the sea and in your life because you are anchored in him and not your circumstances. He's a big God. He's a big God. Let's keep reading. We have this as a sure, steadfast anchor of the soul. Hold it. Stop. Soul. There's where we get in trouble. Our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. Anybody live with a soulish person? Don't lift your hand. They kind of go with every wave, every storm. They get up and down and all around, and they freak out, and they're always worried. They're always doing stuff and, and, and doing these things, and, and uh, they get soulish. And, and circumstances and what people say and what people think start affecting them, and all of a sudden, they're no longer anchored in Jesus. They're anchored in ungodly anxiety, and they're allowing this anxiety to rule their lives in fear and doubt. Soulish. Steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into a place behind the curtain. Oh, my goodness. In the Holy of Holies, Jesus comes. He splits that curtain to where it's opened up. It's torn. The Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, the blood that's been dropped. Jesus paid it all. He took us, all of our sin, to the Holy of Holies, and he paid a price. We're anchored in him, and what was hidden has now been revealed. Man, this is good preaching this morning. I don't know where you people are. My goodness. Okay, it's just me and you, Jesus. I preach to me. Okay. Where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Oh, my goodness. Jesus has paid the way. He's been our forerunner. Has anybody ever focused on that passage of Scripture? Can I see your hand? Three of you? Okay, we're going to start over. It's very top. No. Can I read it in the Amplified? Sure, Owen, go ahead. Okay, thank you. The Amplified version. Indeed, men swear an oath by one greater than themselves. And with them in all disputes, the oath serves as a confirmation of what has been said. And is it an end of the dispute? In the same way, God, in his desire to show the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable nature of his purpose, 
intervened and guaranteed. Ooh. Jesus intervened and guaranteed. Jerry, are you getting this? It doesn't matter what Janet says. Are you getting this today? Janet, just hit him right now. Just hit him. No, don't. In his desire to show heirs and promise of the unchangeable nature of his purpose, intervened and guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things, his promise and his oath, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we have fled to him the refuge for refuge. Would have, we would have strong encouragement and indwelling strength to hold tightly to the hope set before us. This hope, this confident assurance that we have as an anchor of the soul, it cannot slip, it cannot break down, and whatever pressure bears upon it, a safe and steadfast hope that enters within the veil of the heavenly temple, the most holy place in which the very presence of God dwells, where Jesus has entered in advance as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Jesus has made a way for us no matter what is happening in the world no matter what is shaking in the world no matter what's going on in your life you have an anchor a hope in Jesus man that's something to get excited about and I love that part and God cannot lie oh my goodness when he tells you you are wonderfully made, he cannot lie. When he tells you he's given you gifts and callings and they are irrevocable, he cannot lie. No matter what people say, you could be the Zacchaeus that God is coming to today to say, I'm coming to your house. Salvation has showed up. It's amazing. We get this. You see, we, we get his presence, Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. That's a hope right there. No matter what you're going through, he will not leave you or forsake you. No matter how much you've messed up. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Oh, my gosh. No matter how much you've messed up, he is there. He will not leave or forsake you. Protection comes, Psalm 119, verse 114. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Oh, my goodness. That is so good. We got to have that. So the first point today is what is troubling you? Come on, Zacchaeus, what's troubling you? Come on, Peter, you denied me three times. What's, what's troubling you? You still have a hope. But the Bible is full of this. Paul and Silas, you're in the prison. You've been beaten. There seems to be no, you're in chains. You know what, Silas? Let's just start singing to God. He's a chain breaker. Come on now. He's a burden taker. Do you know that one, Silas? No. Go ahead and lead the way, Paul. I'll follow. Okay. 
They had hope in the midst of their prison. Come on now. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. You feel like you have been wronged, ravaged. Can I tell you something? Let it go and hang on to God. Let him start today and give you a new hope. God's bigger than that stuff. Devil just played on my mind for a day and a half. Your blood pressure. Oh, this is bad. Oh, this is bad. Oh, this is bad. I'm just one of those guys, I believe like that, that old doctor said, God has ordained in your life so many heartbeats. That's why you don't see me running. You don't see me doing any really excess exercise to speed up my heart. And when those heartbeats are done, he's taking you home. I like that. Let's slow the heart. (laughs) Sherry, what do you think? Is Adam on that pace? (laughs) Let's slow the heart. Let's not use up our heartbeats. Come on now. What I'm telling you is he knew the day I would be born. He knows when I'm going to come home. He knows the journey I'm going to walk through. And I have my hope in him. My hope is in Jesus. What's troubling you? What has stressed you? What's caused you to worry? I wrote this before this happened to me. There's a hope set before us. His promise and oath. Hope allows us because of Jesus, because he is our hope. Come on now. We can enter into the Holy of Holies. We can be anchored because we know that he's been a forerunner in front of us and nothing can happen to us without him always being there. Come on. Because stuff happens. Turn to your neighbor and say, stuff happens. Wake up. In Romans 4.18, in hope he believed against hope that he should become faithful the father of many nations, as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. Abraham didn't understand what God was telling him way back in the Old Testament, but you're going to be a father of many nations. But he believed. He trusted. And that came even after his death as it kept multiplying. Some of you are like, well, man, I'm just stricken with grief. You don't know what I've walked through. You're right, I don't. I could write a book on what I've walked through. I could put you in tears and make you feel sorry for me, but I don't want to live there. Now, I am going to write for my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, my great-great-great, should the Lord Terry. I'm going to let them know what we walk through and what salvation and hope is all about because I want to build I want to build an altar of remembrance for them because it's easy second and third generation to forget about what God did in dad's life and grandpa's life and great-grandpa's life, and it's easy to walk away. I want something they can read about what Jesus did. Point number two is this. I'm going to speed this up with one minute. 
Jesus is full of goodness. Point number three, Jesus gives life to the broken, but he's full of goodness. I love that. Jesus is full of goodness. I love Psalm 32, 6 and 7. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at the time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Selah, think on that. We need to be praying. God's goodness is so good. He's so full of goodness that we need to be praying. And here's what needs to happen for America. We need the churches in America to get fired up. We need priests in their homes to become godly men and start taking authority over the evil going on in their own home and say, no, we're not watching that. No, we're not going there. No, we're not going to talk about them. We're going to line things up here. We're going to, we need preachers in America preaching the fire of God and letting God do what he wants to do in the lives of the people and teaching the truth and the word of God. And if we start doing that, people in the world, the heathens, let me just say that again, the heathens in Washington, D.C., when they start seeing God moving in your church and in your home, they're going to be very curious and they're going to want to know, why are these people acting and doing and why are they being so blessed? It's because Jesus is first in their life and that's how revival starts. God is full of goodness. Our hope is eternal. We trust Jesus in it. Even when things aren't going the way we want them, we trust him. It's for our good. I don't like to name it and claim it, folks, because I, th I think they forget about Peter being crucified upside down, James being thrown after beaten over a cliff. John being thrown into a vat of boiling oil. When you stand for Christ, you're going to face stuff. But God is still good. Whew. Peter says, I'm not worthy to be crucified upright. You crucify me upside down. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. When family said, turn from your God and die. Stand with me this morning. God is full of goodness. Look at me. We are not hopeless. Your situation is not hopeless. We have a God that's a provider. We have a God that takes care and meets our needs. With your eyes closed, ask yourself, Lord, have I given up hope? Have I been a Peter and I've run and I'm hiding? Am I a Zacchaeus? I'm, I'm proud of my wealth and I'll destroy people in order to keep it. <laughs> or I, am I like 
was it Simeon that was at the temple when Jesus came and the prophetess that were there that they they knew they would see the hope before they passed and Mary and Joseph brought him in to dedicate him and their eyes beheld his own cousin John the Baptist beheld him and he knew I must decrease and you must increase where is God wanting to decrease you in order that he might increase in your life that's a word for somebody right there is it about the kingdom or is it about you is it about the kingdom or is it about your account come on now Isaiah 40 31 last scripture I'm going to read today but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint I said Lord don't understand what was going on with this blood pressure but I'm going to wait on you your will be done use me until my last breath it doesn't matter who you are you face obstacles but it's going to test your faith and it's going to test your hope with your heads bowed you hear this morning you say Owen I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior I don't have that hope I'm kind of like Zacchaeus I I've been doing my thing and I've come into this house today and I hear Jesus saying you've come to see me today and you didn't even know it you've come to see me today and you didn't even know it and you say oh and I want to give my life to Jesus nobody looking around would you lift your hand high and say that is me this morning just lift it up and take it back down I don't want to miss anybody come on yes anybody else I want to receive Christ I know I need Jesus don't want to miss you you can put it down anybody else I don't want to miss them maybe you're here this morning and you say Owen I know Jesus but I don't I don't have the hope and I'm really struggling my circumstances my situation my past my family's past my business it just got me consumed I'm not gonna bring you forward nobody look around you say that's where I'm at today I've got some hopelessness come on be real hold it up high that's right just hold it up high Anybody else? Remember me, a lot of hands going up. Come on. Yes, yes. Put it back down. Anybody else remember me in that prayer? Maybe at home or listening this week or later on. You have a friend in Jesus, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Lord, that person that lifted their hand, I want everybody to say this prayer. Even if you didn't lift your hand, you can receive Christ right now. You're inviting him in. The Bible says, believe and receive. Just say, Jesus, you are the Son of God. You lived the example. You went to the cross, and you died for my sins. Forgive me. You rose from that grave so I could have forgiveness. Forgive me of my sins. Be Lord of my life. Now, I want everybody 
whether you lifted your hand or not, if you said that and you received Christ, I'm going to have Pastor Taylor up here. He spoke earlier about the Convoy of Hope and the, the app. He would like to pray with you, give you some material. You come up and see him. But I want everybody here that you're battling hopelessness and your faith's really been struggling. I'm hoping you were encouraged today. There is hope in Jesus. Bill, if you're listening from home today, there's hope in your health, brother. George and Faye, there's hope in your health because of Jesus. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed out begging for bread. I want everybody to pray this. Jesus, forgive me for doubting you, your word. Forgive me for looking at circumstances, paying attention to the wrong voices who helped me justify where I stood. I'm sorry. My hope is in you. This is a new day. I'm a hope dealer now. And I'm going to let your goodness be shown through me to others. In Jesus' name, amen.